0: Welcome to Saturday Strategy, the business show for the small and mighty. This is your host, Johnny Themans. Hi, welcome and thanks for joining us for this edition of Saturday Strategy, the original podcast for business owners who want to cut the crap and get the answers. My name's Johnny. I'm your host, and as always, we've got lots of information in the episode. So if you're driving or just getting on with other stuff, Don't worry, you can find all the links in the show notes. So as we bring this show to you, it's late August, um, just post-COVID. Well, I'm not sure if it is post-COVID. And for those of us employing staff, um, it's been an interesting time. Um, We've still got a lot of uncertainty still to go. So we're going to be taking a look at um, what's happened uh, what we need to be thinking about and what we think might be happening um, in the world of employing staff. So, uh, yeah, listen in. If you've got staff on your payroll, this is a really good episode for you. So today we're joined by Neve Kelly. Neve is the local franchise owner for the HR departments, uh, the HR department, Shropshire. Um, HR departments a network of HR advisors uh, that cover the whole of the UK, and it's I think it's a really good business model because each uh, franchisee is is a is a senior person. They all they all know their stuff, so you're always speaking to an expert uh, when you speak to the HR department. So we're we're quite big fans here at Good to Great. Neve has been in HR for over 25 years. She's worked with multinationals, public sector, and for the last few years. Very much with uh, smaller companies right here uh, on our doorstep, and really sort of making great inroads and uh, has built a great reputation, a great business locally. Neve, really great to have you onto uh, Saturday Strategy.
1: It's lovely to be here.
0: So, Neve, I've got to just ask you uh, because you know HR has been uh, probably a difficult time for the last few months with all of the turmoil and, and volatility around the, the lockdown and the, and the COVID crisis. Um, are we in post lockdown yet
1: I'm afraid I don't think we are um I think we're certainly over the peak but I think a lot of us believe that there is a second peak coming and um, I think we've had all of the challenges with lockdown then the furlough scheme um, and I know that a lot of people honestly do believe that there's a cliff edge coming at the end of the furlough scheme
0: okay so we're we're talking now in late August um, the just confirm when does the furlough scheme actually finish?
1: The furlough scheme finishes in its current setup. And we live in hope that the Chancellor will see sense and maybe add a few things on, but it, it finishes in its current setup at the end of October.
0: Okay, so a couple of months ago, yes. Mm. So what's keeping you busy at the moment then, if you say it's it's still in flux, what, what's keeping you busy in terms of HR issues for businesses?
1: Well, ironically, it's more or less an even split between redundancy, which I'm sure you were expecting I was going to say, but also recruitment. Ironically, an awful lot of companies have changed the way they do things, have embraced the opportunities that are there and have decided to either... Do things differently or open up into new markets. Um, and I have to be honest with you, I'm one of those small companies that has decided to do that. And um, because I'm particularly busy, I've been able to give uh, opportunity to staff who have been made redundant elsewhere. So I'm I'm one of the small companies embracing the opportunity and growing. Um, but for me, predominantly at the minute, it's redundancy. That that will tailor off. Um, but I think come maybe February time, when the bonus for having kept someone on the furlough scheme and kept them on all the way through to the end of January, when that is finished, I think we're looking at another potential cliff edge and therefore another tranche of redundancies and restructures. So yeah. everything between redundancy and recruitment or the other way around.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, you know, we, well, I, I suppose it's very difficult to predict whether those are in equal numbers or more in or more out at the moment, I'm sure. Um, I mean, one of the things I've been sort of concerned about in terms of um, this whole COVID thing is it's it's a big distraction from other things, isn't there? You know, and it's, it's been quite easy for people to have their eye off the ball, would you say?
1: It it is, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it it was uh, trailed and promoted quite a bit at the start of the year, but the Good Work Plan, the review of working practices in the UK, resulted in a huge tranche of change of employment law in April.
0: Okay, just give us a little bit about what what that was about, because it it seems so long ago now. (laughs) I think I've I've certainly forgotten.
1: It it all started with the Taylor review and I won't bore everybody by giving you all of the background, but ultimately it was about ways of working and whether particular categories of workers or employers or employees were being poorly served by the employment law. So, you know, what's the difference between somebody on a payroll, agency workers, zero hour workers and so on. Um, and there was the Taylor Review, which uh, led to the Good Work Plan, which led to changes in employment law. And it's not that they snuck in on the 6th of April, because to be scrupulously fair, they were well publicized. It's just there was this minor issue of a pandemic in the middle of it. Um, And because it was already on statute books and it was coming in no matter what, and not unreasonably employers completely forgot about it. Um, So uh, at its simplest level, uh, it means that we're looking at different ways of working and different processes and procedures. Starting off with, if you're employing someone, they have the right to have all of their written details on or before their first day. And that's a major change because prior to the good work plan, it used to be within their first eight weeks. Mm. So quite a lot of employers are being accidentally caught out. Ironically, though, one of the reasons why the good work plan was being considered was around different ways of working. Um, And I think one of the things certainly I found with employers, um, either recruiting or indeed restructuring, is they're much more open now to looking at different ways of working. So looking at part time, looking at working from home, looking at flexible working. Um, And I think if I was to have spoken to you a year ago, if we were doing a restructure, it was around unfortunately that post has to go because that's where we're going to save costs. Now employers and employees are much more willing and much more engaged in conversations around can we do the same kind of work but do it in a different way? And I think the fact that an awful lot of companies have been able to support people working from home for pretty much four or five months um, and have kept engaged with those employees have found that um, productivity has shot up So they're still getting the same kind of quality work from from employees. But because employees are working in different ways and times that are probably more suited to their work-life balance, that's something that's much more openly discussed now. A year ago, if you tried to persuade some employers, well, maybe they could do some flexible working and work from home for one day a week, that just wasn't even up for discussion.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just while we're on that changing in, Working practices i mean i think a lot of people are still unsure as to what the best model for the future might look like um how do we can we just can we just chat to the staff and say yeah we're in a period of flux we don't really know what it is or do we have to be doing anything formal at this time
1: I actually would say it's a combination of both. Um, you know, I think the days of employers treating employees as merely staff, people without an opinion, you shall do what I say. I think that's long gone, actually, um, And because employees don't necessarily expect to turn up nine to five, just do a day's work and go home. Um, And employers need to work differently because their markets are different and their markets will be different. And I notice neither of us have mentioned what's happening at the end of the year in terms of economies and World Trade Organization rules and so on and so forth. Um, But I think there is absolutely no doubt that as a country we are going to have to work differently. Um, And I think employers and employees, to be fair, have embraced the opportunity to have conversations as adults Um, and certainly an awful lot of employers that I speak to Um, are more willing to start from a base of this is what i think but i'm actually going to run it by staff first because people do have ideas and ways that we might be able to do this and i think that's a good thing because i think as employers um, we've sort of played about with the whole concept of engagement and consultation and for a lot of employers consultation has meant, this is what I've decided we're going to do, and I'm just going to tell you, and somehow that's consultation. Um, I think employers are much more willing now to say, this is what I think, what do you think?
0: Yeah, or um, or this is the problem. Um, yeah. We haven't got an answer for it at the moment, but uh, be open to your ideas.
1: Absolutely, and, and you know, I, I often say to clients, I had a client during the summer, Um, they had two staff they had to reduce costs and in their heads that cost was the equivalent of one person and I kept saying to them this isn't actually about getting rid of one person this is about talking to the two people um, and seeing what their views were and both of the individuals both of the employees had said well actually we were both talking about this already because we could see the way the market was going and both of us would quite like to job share and the employer was thrilled because they they got the reduction in cost, which was the equivalent of one person, but actually still had the two people in post covering for each other. So they got the best of both worlds. So we yes. went through no restructure whatsoever. It was literally, can you have a conversation with your staff?
0: That's a terrific, that's a terrific little story. So tell me, you know, when I was sort of saying we're, we've got our eye off the ball, I, I did have in mind there we do have that that big B word still looming over us, don't we? Um, yeah. How much of an impact is that going to make on you know the way that as that that employer employee relationship and um, recruitment of staff is, is, is are there any whisperings of changes or anything in the pipeline at all?
1: Yeah, and there's two things one which has already been around but everybody assumes doesn't apply to them, and that is you must check the right of, of people to work. Uh, And that has been around for a number of years, but I I think like all, you know, organisations, everybody assumes that if you know the person, then they lived down the road or lived in the county for the last 20 years, they must by definition have the right to work. And actually, the law requires you to check the right to work of everybody that works for you, whether they've lived in Shropshire for 40 years or not. So that's the first thing that hasn't changed. And that's going to be looked at much more stringently um, by the Home Office. The second thing is this new immigration points based system. Now, Now, uh, the Home Secretary did actually circulate something, oh, about eight weeks ago, Um, and I have no doubt that by the time Parliament resets in the autumn, that will become law. Um, And there's still too much to be decided around that, exactly how many points are going to be awarded for this, that and the other. Um, And I think one of the challenges that we have within Shropshire as an economy is we don't pay London salaries. And so if the median salary is decided at a particular level, that might be great for the very populous counties but not so great for a county like Shropshire and I say that in the full knowledge that you know an awful lot of people live in Shropshire for its fabulous work-life balance but commute to the the larger cities such as Wolverhampton or Birmingham mm-hmm. but at the end of the day what what salaries we pay in Shropshire aren't comparable to the salaries we pay in London or the southeast so I'm a little bit nervous in terms of the the points based system about where they're going to pitch the average wage that somebody needs to earn because there are such fantastically technical companies in Shropshire that will need those people and will will usually be prepared to pay above the odds but not London salaries so that's still all to be decided
0: yeah a lot of confusion still so it's just been it's just been sort of Volatile, volatile, disaster, disaster, you know, um, obstacle, obstacle, you know, people could be forgiven for thinking, you know, I'll sod this for a game of soldiers. I'm going to go and do something a bit easier, but I'm not experiencing that. People are sort of, you know, really driven to, you know, grab opportunities and get on with things at the moment, aren't they? Is that something you're finding with clients?
1: It definitely is. I mean, I, you know, I say this as a woman of a certain age, I'm old enough to remember the last two recessions we had. Um, And when I was starting out from university, it was the 1980s and I was coming from Ireland where, you know, there were no jobs and my first job was in the UK. So I was the original immigrant. Um, and you know, I do remember that people were prepared to take whatever job, um, came across them, you know, and because you had to be in a nine to five and you couldn't have different kinds of jobs and play to your skills. I think employers and employees are much more willing to take a risk. And to be scrupulously fair, the amount of support that's out there from places like the March's Growth Hub, from Good to Great, all of those organisations who are there to help people who might have that great entrepreneurial idea and think, you know, I've always wanted to do this. Now's the time, and mm. and I think there is so so much support out there, and it's it's so much better publicised than it was when I was starting off. and um, that I think if you're going to do it, now's the time. I yeah. certainly, if I was doing it again, I would do it now. A recession is ironically a great time to think about starting a business or or going in a different way.
0: And are you finding there's a lot of people wanting to maybe do a bit less? In their job maybe go a bit part time and run their business because we're finding a lot of you know the side business the part time business is a is a very very much a growing thing you know perhaps linking in with the gigging type economy. I, I was interested. I, I came across an old file that we had from when we started back in two thousand and seven. I can't remember the number, but it was it was news because we'd just gone over the two million businesses in the UK, and I think we're just under five million businesses now. So you know the number of companies is. Ballooning?
1: It is, um, uh, but I will now put my hate your hat on and say for a lot of my clients, some of the difficulties is around what we would refer to in the industry as a side hustle. And it is perfectly reasonable for you to have outside interests and be making money from that outside interest. But for an employer, it can't impact on the job you're doing for that employer. So if you're part time and you have another part time job, that should be fine. Just make sure both employers know that. But if you've got a full time job with someone and you also have a side hustle, then that's going to be a problem from a HR point of view. Now, I'm not talking about volunteering for things. You know, most employers are very supportive of that. But I'm talking about people who, not unreasonably, whilst they were on furlough, may have decided to indulge in, let's say, something creative and have somehow ended up with a great eBay business or an Etsy shop or whatever it might be. But a side hustle is still a side hustle. You know, if you're if you're being paid to carry out work for an employer um, within certain working hours, then you should be devoting the whole of your time and attention to that. Um, And it's a
0: responsibility then for the employee to disclose the fact that they've got their side business.
1: There is. Yeah, absolutely. And any of my clients will make that crystal clear in their contracts of employment with employees. Um, And and I think people shouldn't be reluctant to disclose that to employers because most employers are perfectly happy with it. So long as it isn't a, a business directly in competition, um, but, you know, most employers are perfectly fine. You know, if in doubt, tell your employer and have that conversation. You know, and I'm constantly trying to encourage my clients to treat their staff as adults. It does work both ways. You know, have the conversation with your employer. Don't assume that they're going to say no.
0: Yeah. So as an employer, am I am I well advised to sort of maybe publicize that to my staff and say, you know, I I... I need to know, you know, I want to know what you're doing in your spare time because um, if it's business related or if you're doing, if you're, if you're doing another job, then.
1: Yeah, I, I there is a fine line. Between what individuals can do and should be expected to be allowed to do in the privacy of their own uh, life, if you like, and what they can do that might impact upon employer reputation. So, you know, if we if we move away from what I've referred to as the side hustle, um, I've got a lot of clients at the moment who are a little bit concerned about what their staff are posting on social media, for example. Um, and social media is the very definition of where people assume that if they put something Something on Twitter or Facebook um, that it's their own personal opinion and it's not going to impact on their employer um, and I've certainly got a client at the moment who's having to have a very significant conversation with an individual where the individual's personal opinions because the, all their social media Uh, indicates that they work for that employer, the employer is perceived to have exactly the same opinions. Um, So this boils down to, and, and, and I'm sure everybody is always sick of HR saying this, but if it is something that the employer is going to rely on, then you have it in the contract or you have it as a standard of behaviour in the uh, staff handbook. So the onus is on the employer to be saying very clearly to staff what is acceptable in terms of behaviour, what they post on social media, um, and indeed, what other businesses or organizations they're involved in outside of work and again this isn't to say that people can't have a private life they're entitled to a private life but where your private life impacts on the reputation of an employer that can be a real issue
0: Mm. it's a there's a bit of gray in there isn't there
1: Mm, there is a bit there is a bit so if in doubt have the conversation you know, and, and a lot of employers, sadly, assume that in order to have the conversation, you have to immediately go into some kind of formal process. Um, and that's where I come in. And yes, of course, you may ultimately end up in a, in a formal process. But I do sometimes have to say to my clients, it is sometimes a bit like a marriage. You do kind of have to have the... You don't go straight into the divorce court just because somebody hasn't dried up after you've done the washing up. You have the conversation about what is the problem here, set the the parameters, set the boundaries, and then make it very clear to everybody. And, And I'm sure you will have experience of this as well, Johnny, where, you know, you end up in a situation where something has become very serious and the employee says, but I didn't know that. If you'd said that to me right at the very beginning, I would have understood that that isn't behavior that is acceptable to the company. So... You know, have the conversation right at the beginning, and and I know the irony of HR saying you don't always have to go straight down a procedural or process route, but you know, have the conversation first.
0: It's a bit like um, getting caught by a speed camera, where you feel such injustice because the because uh, the the um, the the speed limit signs weren't very clear, and you feel hard done by, but actually you were speeding. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like well. Wouldn't it have been better, actually, if the if the speed warning signs were really good? Um, they might catch a few less people because most people. Because the aim really isn't to catch people. The, the aim is for people to actually be compliant and follow the rules, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's a so very similar type of thing. You have
1: to be clear about what the rules are, and there is an onus on the employer to do that.
0: Yes, yeah, great, Neve. That's been a really good little catch up, actually. And uh, you know, we are in very volatile times, so. Listen. Do give, you know, give reach out to me, and you know, we can pop back on and do this again uh, over the next few months if, if, uh, if, if things are changing very rapidly. It's a really helpful um, catch up. So thank you very much for that, Neve. Just quickly, how do people find you?
1: They'll find us through the website, which is thehateyourdept.co.uk, or they can uh, contact me on Twitter, Shropshire. Or LinkedIn, Neve Kelly, or Facebook, Debt Shropshire.
0: Excellent, excellent. We'll put all those contact details on the uh, on the show notes, um, Neve. It's been really generous of you to share your time with us um, today. I know you're fantastically busy at the moment, so uh, so thank you for that.
1: Thanks, Johnny. Talk to you soon.
0: So that is it for this edition of Saturday Strategy. Thanks for sticking with us to the end. If you've got any feedback or you want to reach out and contact me, you can get me on WhatsApp using my mobile number, which is 07977 437 360. Contact Neve if you've got any issues or queries about personnel or HR, and uh, I'm sure that she can help you out. Thanks again. Until next time. And remember, if you enjoyed this and you want to hear more, hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, 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 oh,